Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Millennial Catholic. I'm your host, Andrew Miller, along with the man across the table, Father Scott. Hey, everybody. Hello, Father Scott. It is good to be here on this particular day. It is raining outside. Yes, we're getting the remainders of Hurricane Ida right now. Yes. Uh, pray for those down in uh, New oh, Orleans. Yes, uh, I yes. got a couple friends down there. Oof. Their flooding's really bad. Oh, that's just awful. So hopefully everything comes out good for them and anyone else that is down there right now. So you are a priest who is in charge of a church, mm-hmm. which normally means that makes you a pastor. Yes. What does that mean? What, is it, what does it mean to be a pastor? Right. The pastor um, is the person who shepherds the sheep. So that's where it comes from. You'll, you'll see the bishop is the pastor of the diocese, which is why he has a big shepherd's crook, which we call a crozier. Because yes. he is trying to keep the sheep together and draw them uh, and to be one. And, um, and, and that's the, the job of the shepherd, to keep the flock together and then to lead the flock to Jesus. Uh, that's that's the, the job of the shepherd. Now, um, I would say that the real role of the shepherd as the pastor is to open the person up to a friendship with God which will then in turn help the person open up to friendship with others. So that that's the goal of the pastor is to lead uh, the people of God to a deepening relationship with Jesus, who is the true shepherd. So the question then becomes, how do I know that a, a pastor is right for me? Mm. Right. In, in the days of, of old that a, a, a shepherd would have a flock of sheep. Mm-hmm. And they would instantly know that that is their shepherd. That's the person that they sure. should be following. But we live in a day and age where, A, we're a lot more mobile. Uh, B, we're human, so we have free will. Mm-hmm. And C, technically I belong to a parish, but if I go to that parish and that pastor is telling me that it's okay to go have sex outside of marriage and who's a what's-nots, that's obviously not a good pastor, and I should probably how, should. How, how, uh, how often is that the case? It's been a while since I've gone to another parish that I'm not a part of. Uh, that's, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, for, for me, I think the, the big issue is um, you, you, you kind of know it in a gut level. You just say, is this priest being pastored by Jesus? Is this a priest who's being shepherded by Jesus? Um, and you can kind of just tell. You can kind of just tell. Uh, I mean, priests come in all different personalities and types. I mean, yes. Uh, I, I'm thinking about how my predecessor and I at St. Edward's are totally different uh, personalities. Yes, you are. Yes. But, but we both love Jesus. And it's when we talk with each other, we, we, we both have that same thing. I was just with uh, three, four other, three other priests uh, this evening for dinner. And um, as is your custom, as is my custom on Wednesday nights, we're all incredibly different personalities, but each one of us loves Jesus. And there may be personality differences that you have with your pastor. You think I'm not really, I don't really feel close with this pastor, but that's not the real issue. The real issue is, is this person friends with Jesus? And that's the only thing that really matters. Uh, If they're not, you're going to recognize it immediately. And um, you can you can just kind of get the feel. Um, it's uh, yeah, but it's it's not really. Do they 
do they have the same um, political ideas that I do? That, that doesn't really matter. It's, is this person a friend of Jesus? And if he is, then you've, you've got uh, someone to stay with. Uh, a big thing is, this is interesting. Um, and this may scandalize some of our listening crowd. Yes. Yes. Um, there was a time where uh, in the formation of priests, friendship with Jesus did not matter. I recognize how absurd that sounds, but becoming a priest was primarily about education. And then being a priest was primarily about building things, building new churches, building new church halls. And so they were primarily CEOs of, of these big organizations. And so personal prayer life and relationship with Jesus uh, wasn't emphasized as important. I know how absurd this sounds. Um, but what we've seen in the priesthood ever since Pope John Paul II, really, is this reinvigoration of, you know, the relationship with, with Jesus is paramount. Everything flows from that. Um, because if a, if a priest is not being shepherded by Jesus, he's blind. He doesn't know where he's going. Because there are a thousand little decisions the priest has to make about how to pastor well, um, that if he's not in constant communication with Jesus, he's toast. Um, in fact, I, I'm eventually going to be giving a talk uh, at the seminary for what is diocesan spirituality, which is primarily forming men to be pastors right. in parishes. And the number one, th I was thinking about this back and forth, and I said the number one thing to being a, a, a pastor is uh, friendship with Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're skilled at this, that, or preaching or whatever. Are you a friend of Jesus? And then he will guide you throughout all the trials and tribulations of pastoring. Because the pastor is called to teach, govern, and sanctify the people of God. How do you do that? Uh, there, there's going to be surprises like big church scandals, cardinals being defrocked, um, all pandemics. the fun things that never happen in a real life. Correct, correct, exactly. Or a pandemic hitting. How do you how do you minister in a pandemic? How do you minister when churches are closed? You have to talk to Jesus all the time to figure out how you adapt uh, to all these different situations. So these seminarians, I'm thinking, there's no way I can help prepare them. Even like, um, you know, as we're coming out of, uh, well, I, I was thinking like, well, I'm not going to go there. Uh, just how to interact with different groups of people. And um, by the time they get ordained, they're going to have a whole new crew of people they're going to have to deal with who may have completely different kind of uh, quirks about them. You know? I mean, yeah, it's six years down the line for a lot Correct. of these. Eight Correct. years. I, I mean, this po podcast called Millennial Podcast. I, I believe I know the minds of millennials pretty well because I am one. Yes. But I'm not going to know the minds of Gen Z no. as well as the seminarians uh, who are coming up now because they are Gen Zers. And so when they come along, they're going to have a better ability to interact with those folks. But I'm, I'm becoming more blind to that world um, because it's, it's something I haven't grown up in. No, you're getting old. I'm getting very old. I'm now in the August of my life. You've been saying that since you were like 12. That's probably true. So An old soul. Yes. Yes. Not as nearly well-traveled as I, though. But no, I've been nowhere. This no. is the farthest I've ever lived from home. And I grew up in Virginia. McLean, well, I mean, you? no, because you go to Seattle. You've been out Yes, west. but I haven't lived anywhere yeah, that's for, true. for any extended period of time. Which which brings up an interesting 
Question though, you're you are a pastor to many people with many mm-hmm. different life experiences in many different ways. Mm-hmm. How do you relate to some of these people? Obviously, like I don't care. That sounds harsh. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, but I, I remember um, I was doing spiritual direction with someone once, and they said, well, "Father, I'd like to be able to explain my background." And I said, "I don't care." Because <laughs> well, okay, so hold on, wouldn't insight into their background kind of no. help no. with the no. thought no. of their relationship with Jesus? No, I could care less. Um, because Jesus is Jesus. So all I have to do is help that person communicate with Jesus, and then Jesus helps guide that person. It's very easy, actually. I mean, you say it like it's very easy. Yeah, because it is. The problem, actually, where it gets hard is when you try to be smart or clever as a spiritual director and say, well, I've uh, thought about your life, and I think I've got an insight into what's going on, and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, that doesn't matter. All I have to say is, well, what do you think Jesus thinks about X, Y, Z? And then they tell me what they think Jesus says to them in prayer, and then we go from there. But really, it's, it's about the relationship with Jesus. All the rest of the stuff doesn't matter. That's once once you get them to be able to talk with Jesus, everything is like super easy street. Well, of course, you're gonna be tempted by the devil, blah, 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 all that other stuff. But um, it's it's if you can teach them how to communicate with Jesus, everything else just falls into place. And in fact, that's that's the whole goal of this operation, teaching folks how to communicate with Jesus. Um, and I've, I've thought about the laity in this regard. I think in some ways, as long as the, and, and, and uh, a wise producer of a podcast once told me, she said unto me, she said, as long as you stay, as long as you hold on to Jesus, all of us can hold on to you. And I like that. I was like, there's, there's something to that. Um, so I'd rather just everybody hold on to Jesus so I can slack off and eat bonbons. But You want um, bonbons? I can get you some bonbons. I don't really want bonbons. They're going to be bonbons in his freezer and he's never going to know who they come from. Actually, he will, but that's not the point. Uh, Well, anyway, so it's, um, yeah, so that's the pastor. The pastor, if, if if he's close to Jesus, people will just hold on to him and uh, that's good. Or ignore him completely. Yeah. I ignore you a lot. That's fair. Yes. Um, but then there comes the question, right? You you do get those pastors who aren't friends with Jesus, as mm, we have stated. Mm. It's a horrible way to live. Very much so. Mm-hmm. But then there are the people that will stay at the parish because that's their parish. Yes. You know, like they won't question, go. Question, th- can I ask a tough question? Yeah, go for it. Uh, if I were to move, what would you and Jackie do? Well, considering Jackie's employed by the the church, oh, I'm that's assuming true. Stay, <laughs> stay at the no, parish. There you go. That answers that question. Um, so if you were to move... Far, far away. Like, how far away are we talking? We're talking Gaithersburg. I mean... Nice knowing you, Father. <laughs> which is fair. Gaithersburg isn't that far away. I know, but, but, but the reality would be... It, 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 is, it is interesting. So what is one attached to... Um, Really, the way this operation should work is that every priest should be friends with Jesus, and they should have been formed in that way. So the next new priest who comes here to St. Edward's, you guys should just be like, 
this guy's great. He's wonderful. Blah, 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 blah. It's just smooth transition. That's the way it really should be. That's the way it should work. Correct. Correct. But if you get into a pickle, uh, you know, this happens sometimes. We, we Some of the really dynamic priests that we have in the archdiocese. Yes. Um, they'll, they'll develop a following at a particular parish, and then they'll move or be moved. And then all those people will then continue to follow them because they were the kind of priests we need to save the church. And I think to myself, well, but the guy who came in there is not a bad guy. Um, there, there almost needs to be a, like, he is our pastor. We need to accept him as our pastor. And as long as he's not like a horrible human being, um, there should be a, a move. There should be a desire to continue to support that person. But I mean, there are there are priests who are good at preaching. Mm-hmm. There are priests that are good at confessions. Mm-hmm. There are priests that are good at being outreach to the you know to the needy mm-hmm. or the sick. Mm-hmm. What happens when you get one of those priests that's not very good at preaching? Mm-hmm. They're kind of more of an admin priest, mm-hmm. where they can go out to the they they can run a a food bank and a food kitchen like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be good. But then they get put in a position where they need to preach a lot more, or they need to pastor to people, and they're not they don't have either the the social skills to do that, or they just don't have the right tools in their toolbox to do that. I think that's the harder one to kind of, you mm-hmm. know, yes, I'm going to stay with my parish. This is a good question. What do you look for in a pastor? What would be your ideal pastor? What I, are you? <laughs> I, I, I set myself up. Yes, you did. Is that awesome? Okay, so. Um, well, no, because like. When I first moved here, Father Barry was obviously the, mm-hmm. the pastor at, mm-hmm. at um, St. Edwards. Mm-hmm. And I don't, there was something, you know, because I was kind of in that area where I could go to Pius, I could go to Sacred Heart, mm-hmm. I could go to... Mm-hmm. Um, Ascension. Ascension. Holy Family. Go. There's, there's four parishes in Bowie. There's like in the surrounding area right so there's a lot of options and there was just something i went i went to saint edward's one morning and there was just something in in his homily that kind of just spoke to me and i was like ah this this seems like the place Mm -hmm. little like it felt a little older you know not a lot of people at the 7 30 so i could kind of just like sneak in sit down be by myself Mm -hmm. and no one was gonna bother me Mm -hmm. which was good Mm -hmm. especially coming off of like a 12-hour night shift and getting there like Mm -hmm. at like 7 10 and trying not Mm -hmm. to fall asleep Mm -hmm. just there was something in his homily that spoke to me so that's why i picked it great and then you came along and you're just a goofball. So that just makes life easy. That does make life easy. So, yeah, I think about, I, I think about that and I think it's, um, there's a, yeah, I, I don't know why it happens the way it happens. But, um, and I know there, there are people in the parish who are closer to Father Barry than they are with me. And that's fine. Um, but there, there's, um, where was I going to go with all this? It's, uh. Yeah, it's kind of where you go. It used to be you didn't choose. You right. were in these parish boundaries and you just went to this parish church. And that's the right. way it was. And it's just, you just do it. And um, uh, 
But now I think millennials in particular are are so starving because the problem with the with 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 the uh, with the baby boomer Catholics was basically everybody respects the Catholic faith in their the world that they grew up in. So they're like, I don't have to justify my faith all the time and right. defend it all the time. The millennial has to defend it all the time, and so. They're like, we don't need, we need a priest who is going to help us defend our faith because we're under constant attack. Um, so like when you're about to storm the beaches of Normandy, you don't want a guy who's just sitting on the boat drinking scotch and pina coladas. You want the guy who's going to get on the beach with you and yep. duke it out. And because um, you're like, we actual competency and it matters. Like remember the band of brothers where they had that yes. one guy who was leading and he was the, uh, what was he? he was, he was totally inept at actually leading. He was a good drill instructor, but he couldn't lead with squad. Yeah. He couldn't, he couldn't do, he couldn't do the actual land nav. Job. He couldn't do right. any of that stuff. He was a very good right. trainer. Right. And so, so that kind of priest, you, 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 the millennial just says, we need somebody who, who can navigate uh, with us because we're going through a minefield here and we don't know where to go. And so, it where it used to be you could just be a priest and coast uh you can't do that anymore people would give you a new car every couple of yes, years yes. you would be gifted yes. all this yes and it was um that those days are done those days are over and you have to you have to um so it's it's, it's basically you have to be a missionary priest now in the world uh which is really a different animal and so i i've been talking about i talk with jesus all the time about how do you want me to pastor? And and his his um his constantly telling me do nothing, do absolutely nothing. I'm like sure I could do this, I could do this, I could do blah, blah, blah. do nothing, do absolutely nothing. Why? Because all right, this comes up in prayer. This is a time of purgation. And you don't want to try to build a temple in the desert. I've said this a million times, but Jesus has to keep telling me this because I want to build something. And he goes, you're just, this is a battle that you cannot win because his goal is to, um, sounds odd. And this is going to sound scandalous to people, but I think it is to actually shrink the church. Is it because it's too big and full of people who are it's coasting? Full, it's, it's, or? It's, it's full of people who, uh, who are unfamiliar with Catholicism. So, what does this mean? It means it means the priorities are off. So, uh, what's the most important thing to do as a Catholic? Pray to Jesus. Correct, and particularly go to Mass, and mm. in particular receive the Body and Blood of Christ. Yes, because. Um, this is why churches were created in the first place. They were created as basically um, places where the mass could be celebrated and that people could gather and celebrate the mass. Uh, they weren't created as social clubs. They weren't created as concert halls. They weren't created as food pantries. No. They were created and, and the priest isn't given to people to manage those things. And, and sometimes I, you know, people think I'm crazy, but I'm like, I really don't need money well, as a as a parish. Just give me some bread and give me some wine, and we'll be fine. You know, but 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 it's but we we've built up all these 
organizations and institutions that we spend a lot of our time uh, maintaining, but that don't actually uh, serve the overall mission. I, I'll give you a good example of, of how shrinking helps. So uh, in, our, in our religious education, uh, we're having a tough time coming up with catechists to teach. Yeah. So I said, well, you know, I know some stuff about religion. Why don't I teach one of the classes? And I'm going to do that. I'm going to teach the seventh and the eighth graders now, which, which actually I'm very excited about because most of my time is spent dealing with maintenance issues and, and, and banking and finance issues. And not really teaching. And not really being a priest. Uh, and now because we're shrinking, it's forcing me mm-hmm. to do priestly work. Uh, and, and all I have to do is just get rid of some of the, get some of the, um, it, it, the, the shrinking forces me to make different kinds of decisions and forces us to simplify, um, I think in a very good way to where when people come to church, they'll say, Father, what are you offering here? What Do you have a racquetball membership? Uh, is there something so we can get a, a discount to go to Catholic schools if we sign up for the parish? Uh, do, do we get like uh, free envelopes? I don't know what I don't know what people like anymore. Can we get I don't know you know just all this other frilly stuff? And I said no. The only thing I can offer you is the very body and blood of Jesus Christ, who is God from God, light from light, true God from true God. That's all we have to offer here. And all of a sudden, that really focuses like a laser to be like, oh yeah, that's that's why we're here. You know, so so in some ways the. The, the shrinking and the purging and the, all these other things, I think Jesus has to lead us through the desert because what happened is, uh, a good example, ooh, I'm really going to be on a tightrope on this one. Go for it. Is, is um, you'll see with um, perhaps, uh, you'll see within the church hierarchy, they'll tend to push uh, social agendas of, of different ilks. So, not that these are wrong to, to promote, right? Such as um, environmentalism, end of racism, um, uh, even, even pro-life issues. They'll, they'll promote these things. Um, uh, but that's all well and good. All these moral teachings are all fine. But what is the purpose of the organization? Fundamentally. It is to grow. It's to love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. And the, and the parish exists to do that. It's a spiritual institution primarily, not a uh, branch of the government to help the poor. And, and, and what's supposed to happen in the church, people's hearts are to be converted in the church so that in their individual lives and in their homes and their families and their neighborhoods, they help and they reach out to the poor. And it becomes on earth as it is in heaven because people's hearts have been changed because of their encounter with Jesus Christ at the mass in the church. Again, this is how Jesus set it up, but it is, we, we keep forgetting how the role that Jesus plays in the whole thing. And so pastoring is not just figuring out what is the latest issue du jour of the culture and then saying, hey, we Catholics believe in that too. Uh, why don't you like us? Uh, it has to be much deeper than that. It has to be, this is what we Catholics stand for. This is what we Catholics offer that is different than everybody else, not just trying to conform. And so, and so that's the, um, 
that's what uh, the church is really there to do, is to help people grow in that relationship with Jesus, that Jesus can then work through them to transform the world as Jesus wants it to be transformed, not as necessarily we want it to be transformed. Hello, everyone. Uh, before we send it to our little end card, we just wanted to mention that we are going to take a quick three, four week break mm -hmm. just so that way we can kind of reboot, rest. We're kind of feeling like we're running out of ideas. I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch out there. So if you have any ideas, send us an email. We'll get them in a queue. And when we come back in about a month or so, we'll be... All charged up and ready to go.